Welcome to episode number 91 of the Throwdown Thursday podcast. My name is Patrick Rahal. You can call me Patsy the Angry Nerd. Just don't call me late for dinner. <laughs> and here we have our co-host, the Ironborn Goddess of Giggles. She is Agent Nicole. Greetings. How's that it going? Was, that was enthusiastic. I know. I'm sorry. I just want my fucking internet back. I feel like I can't do shit without my internet. Go to the store and buy some internet. No. I got a broke. I'm a broke-ass agent. Broke-ass bitch? <laughs> I was going to say broke-ass whore. <laughs> oh, well. That's, uh, we are, of Keep course, your here. also joined by someone who has internet. She is... The Real Housewife of Transylvania, the Mistress of Merlot, the King of Sting. <laughs> she keeps getting more longer names. Listen. What's up with that? I have Apollo Creed on the brain. So let's, uh, let's talk to Ashes Von Nightmare. Do you want ants? Because that's how you get ants. Because I'm so sweet. No, because mm-hmm. you're sour and a little bitter and molding. That is not how you and get lumpy. ants. And lumpy. You're lumpy and moldy. <laughs> and musky. That, is, that <laughs> is not how you get ants. <laughs> some we, of course, are also joined once again by the hardest working man and uh, man with the most hair in the studio, Johnny Wolfenstein. Hey, Patrick, uh, I say next week, let's do a handsome contest. I think we should. Yeah, I we'll think, see who's, who's the most handsome. I think we should. That would be uh, that would be perfect. Not so, this week. No, we're gonna let people wait. Yeah, because that's that's called the teaser, folks. That's what yes, you do in yes. the in the biz. It's like a cliffhanger. No Only we don't have biz. anybody here named Cliff. So we do have uh, probably have a hanger though. Ooh, we probably do. I don't see any. Well, there's oh, the a closet, yeah. though, so it might be in the closet. Or a hanger 10. That's where my shirts wings. come from. People like, oh, where'd you get that shirt? And I'm like, came out of the closet. All right. Maybe, <laughs> just, maybe I'm the only one who gets that show. Simpsons reference. Maybe I'm the only one who gets that Simpsons reference from the episode where Homer thinks Bart's gay, so he tries to make a man out of him, so he takes him to a gay steel mill. Hot stuff coming through. How about we save the Simpsons stuff for next week? How about... Yeah, you get Simpsons on the brain. Yeah, you well, need to I stop. Well, I always talk about the Simpsons. No, I will never stop. Nor will I yield, relent, or... Only two synonyms. I'm losing my perspicacity. Another Simpsons reference. Bam! Wow, that was loud. Stop it. Wow, I think you should cut his mic. No, you can't. All right, so... Well, you we can't got? either. What do we got? We got, uh... We got some stuff we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about Sterling Mallory Archer. Yes. This is a long time coming, too, because this. We just Phrasing. watched. The, the, Danger the, Zone! We just watched the uh, most recent season of that. The so, Dreamland season. The Dreamland season. Which was interesting. And I liked the fact that it was uh, dedicated to. Uh, to Woodhouse. To Woodhouse. Yep. The, the actor who plays Woodhouse passed away. I'm so upset. I'm like totally. Like the only name that's coming to my head right now is Charles Lee Ray, and that is, that is totally not, not it. <laughs> For those of you who are unaware, Charles Lee Ray also goes by the nickname Chucky of the Child's Play franchise. Wanna play? So no, not 
Charles Lee Ray. I know that's not it. That's it. Charles Coe? Is that his name? Yeah, it's Charles Coe. All right. I was close. And then it was it was Tom Kane for a while. Not to be confused with Michael Kane. That's a different guy. He did no. uh, Jaws 4, and he said the best part about Jaws 4 is that it got him a new boat. So, But we're going to do something a little different because uh, we had some interesting things happen this past week. So... We're going to kind of switch up our uh, our opening segment because I have to talk about something. Uh, a, a, a small purchase I just made uh, that Ashes and I quite enjoy. For those of you who don't know, the vice president of the United States has... Is a dick. Well, <laughs> everybody knows that. But he has a rabbit named Marlon Bundo. And there is a book written by... The, I don't know, how would you, like the first lady is the floatist. So it's she, the bodice. No, but for his wife, because his wife wrote it. Mike Pence's wife. She's like the, the second lady of the, the United. The floatist? Yeah, sure. The, the floatist. <laughs> Sorry. So, I've been watching so much British thing, I just um, slag. Just slag. So... It's a book all about, you know, the inside of the house. It's, it's, um, um, told from the rabbit's point of view. It's, it's garbage. Don't buy it. It's utter garbage. However, knowing that this was happening, John Oliver of Last Week Tonight and, uh, you know, formerly of The Daily Show, uh, if you don't know, he's sort of, he looks sort of like a British parrot. His words, not mine. Um, his crew came up with a book called A Day in the Life of Marlon Bundo. Oh, my goodness. As opposed okay, to Marlon right. Bundo, A Day in the Life of the Vice President. Now, we purchased the audiobook version of this. Which is amazing. Okay. It's only about seven minutes long. Now, the book right now, as we're looking at it, the book is eighteen ninety nine, but is sold out on Amazon. Yeah, so this is the hard copy. Obviously, the audio book was how much did you pay for it? A dollar thirty something. So, especially if you have Audible, you can use your free credit, but I'm not going to use a free credit on a dollar thirty four. Well, not only that, all proceeds of the book and the audiobook goes to the Trevor Project. Oh, yes. that's awesome. Um, as well as, I believe, another LGBTQ uh, charity. Now, did you buy yeah, this, it uh, no, uh Last week, tonight, we'll be donating, donating 100% of its proceeds from this book to the Trevor Project and AIDS United. So that's okay, the, other, yep. the other charity. That's awesome. Now, yeah. <laughs> so we didn't, we didn't, we didn't have a chance to buy the physical copy of the book yet. Because it's sold out, which is amazing. But I believe that they're going to get more They'll be replenishing in stock. It. But we did buy the audio book. Okay. The main, the, the, the narrator, obviously, Marlon Bundo, is played by Jim Parsons. And it's all about how Marlon Bundo, because, oh God, I love Jim Parsons. because Mike Pence is a homophobic piece of shit, uh, he meets... Another bunny, Wesley. Voiced, Wesley, voiced by Jesse Tyler Ferguson. Oh my god! Right. It also <laughs> features the voices of Jeff Garland, 
Ellie Kemper, oh, Jack McBrayer, RuPaul, and as the evil stink bug, John Lithgow. Oh, this story oh is so cute. Like, the story is fucking cute. But the way that these people bring it all together, oh my god. John Lithgow as the bad guy. And for those of you who know me, I'm a huge John Lithgow as a bad guy fan, like Cliffhanger. Ooh, that's the second Cliffhanger reference we've had in this show so far. Cliffhanger. Dexter. Dexter season five-ish, four-ish. I don't know. I forget what season, but I love John Lithgow as a bad guy. So he's great. It's so adorable. It's definitely a kid's book. Uh, you can tell the difference between the two books because if you search for Marlon Bundo, both will come up. You want the one. If you're if you're listening to the show, obviously you probably have the same type of leanings as we do where, you know, we love our, our gay community. We they're fucking awesome. Um The one you want is the one that has Marlon Bundo with a very colorful bow tie. That is how you can tell the difference because there's a day in the life of the vice president who gives a shit, who gives a shit. If I want to hear a story that's narrated by a bunny, better be about the goddamn bunny. Right. So, yeah, Charlotte Pence wrote that, and it's garbage. Um, Bless you. So... Looking at this right now, and I just I just want to point out, like I'm a big stats guy. Well, you're you're a stats guy. You do uh, fantasy baseball, and you know you're a stats driven league, right? Yes. So I want you. I'm going to give you two, two, uh, two stats, and you tell me which one you think is better. Which one you would rather have if you were uh, a, a, an author? So you could have 86 reviews on your book. And have a four and a half star review, or you could have three thousand seven hundred and seventy six reviews, all five stars. Which would you pick? What's behind door number three? Uh, door number three is uh, goes right back to uh, door number two. Oh, okay. Well, I'll take I'll take that. I'll take door number three. Yeah. Then. So. The John Oliver book, as I just said, 3,776 reviews. Every single one of them is a five-star review. That's crazy. I mean, like, in a good way, though. But, yeah, you guys. Again, uh, sorry, temporarily out of stock. However, there are still plenty, plenty of Charlotte Pence's book. Can I see, like, a picture of it? That's what that looks like. So you want the one with the happy-looking bunny with the colorful bow tie. And then let's see. Oh, Scroll yeah. up and you'll see the other one. Ugh. Yeah, it's just... <laughs> it, like, that could okay, be... Okay, that bunny, the one with the first lady's bunny looks like it would just kill you. And then the other bunny would just be like your best friend. Right. The, 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 the Jim Parsons bunny looks like fun. The other bunny looks like... It might do your taxes. And then there's one between them, and that bunny looks just shit. Yeah, the... Uh, By Timothy Lim. Yeah, the Thump, the first Bundred Days. Yeah, it's... A lot of, lot of bun puns. Yeah. 
You're just hopping all over them. But yeah, this is it was super cute. I, I really enjoyed listening to it. The the voices were just spectacular and I think that I mean, so if you think about it, for twenty bucks you can ultimately get the audiobook and the hardcover book once it's back in stock. All the proceeds are going to go to a very good cause. And you can stick it to Mike Pence. Like, that. that's the... the, the and that's his yeah, biggest that's fear is that someone will stick it to him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, that's, that's the ultimate, ultimate. Like, you get to stick it to Mike Pence. And that's just cool. So, I'm sure we could post links or something in the group. Oh, we will. We will. Because it's well worth it. It's... It's friggin' cute. I love it. I hope all the money uh, gets gets uh, donated in Mike Pence's name. Oh, oh God, that no. would be the best. Perfect. Perfect. That would be the best. So, uh, who wants to go next? You guys can Rochambeau for it. Well, Agent Nicole, you're listening. I to got nosies. Oh. <laughs> so it looks nosies like is... it looks like uh, Ashes. You are going to go next. Okay, I'll go next. I got stories. Talk about some shenanigans. Oh, so many shenanigans. So many she and so many nanigans. Um, I went to a wine party the other night, and well, technically, all three of us were at the wine party. I was going to say <laughs> that. Will you shut up? This is my story time. Shut up the fuck up. Shut up the fuck up. <laughs> That's called a throwback. <laughs> So yeah, we were all at a wine party the other night, hosted by our very good friend Kristen, and it wasn't what I thought it was going to be. So I mean, I've been to quote unquote wine parties before, and it's just like a party where you get shit faced off of wine. So you know, a, a typical Tuesday night for me. Um, but it was interesting. We all brought food to share. Uh, food, uh, we were given lists of certain foods that paired well with the wines that we were going to be tasting that evening. Mm -hmm. So we made and prepared foods, you know, based on, on the, the menu. Um, and I was completely blown away first of all the food was amazing oh my god so much food all the food that pumpkin dessert that you made holy fudge sticks thanks you can say fuck (laughs) excuse me i try to control myself Um, yeah you just said shut up the fuck up 30 seconds ago but it was incredible. So we tried five different wines. Like I said, we started um, with whites, worked our way into reds, and then ended with a sweeter dessert wine. And I, I'm not a white wine lover, drinker per se. Um, but pairing white wine with these different foods, and we learned all about how to aerate the wine properly and how to um you know pretty much just it's all about pairing yeah. what you pair it with changes the flavor of the wine it is incredible i also learned a few terms that i occasionally throw out there but i learned a more like official definition of these terms so like a, the difference between a medium bodied and a full body oh and the difference between a medium-bodied wine and a full-body wine is pretty much the density of the 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 liquid itself of the wine. So, 
a medium-bodied wine is not as as dense, not as thick as a full-bodied. Also, a medium-bodied wine has less alcohol content than a full-bodied wine. So that's why some of your uh, full-bodied red wines have you know, you, you can you can get drunker quicker <laughs> off of a full-bodied red than you can off of a medium-bodied white. So it was just so interesting to me that there's so much out there. See, I thought I knew a lot, but there's so much out there that I don't know. And I'm so, like, I want to learn more. I want to take a class. I So this is a funny story about the wine tasting. Every time we took a taste of, like, like we take a sip of the wine, I was like, I'm not tasting the difference. I'm not tasting. I'm, like, thinking I'm doing this fucking wrong. But, like, I, it just all tastes like alcohol to me. Like, I could sense, like, the, the different um, the flavors. But it just, like, it's all, maybe it's just because I don't drink enough. Or, you know, like, I don't drink enough wine that I just can't. And I feel like that's like, that's, I was like, oh, it's, it just t- still tastes like alcohol. Well, I mean, and everyone's palate is different. Like everyone, <laughs> you know, some people are um, more sensitive to tastes yeah. than others. I know that when I was pairing specific wines with certain things, like I was legit, t- it's almost like it. it tasted like I was drinking a different wine, mm-hmm. um, which is just crazy because I, I wasn't. It was the same wine. Mm-hmm. Um, so it could just be, you know, you might. It's okay. My palate's just fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> I'm okay with that. Because you've burned half of your tongue off with all that spicy shit you eat. I know. That's true. It's all about the spice. But And it was funny, though, because when the people at our table... <laughs> sipped a wine that they did not like they gave gave it to me so i was the wine garbage disposal yeah i was i was the wine bucket instead of tasting and spitting it out they tasted it and said here take the rest of my glass i was just saying mostly (laughs) the reds that i gave you because i just i could like some reds like i can't deal with it like the reds that we tried the drier yeah they were just they were not not my cup of tea I was like, Ashes would enjoy this a little bit more than I would. Oh, it was it was delicious though, and yeah, and it was interesting because it gave us the opportunity to try wines that we wouldn't normally have tried. Yeah, um, you know, and I'll get into more of that later on. I'm sure a couple of them will be featured on a Von Nightmare Vineyard segment, but it was so cool. Like, I mean, I kind of felt a little classy sitting there being like, oh, yes, let me swirl my, let me swirl my wine around and Patrick you know, was sniff shit the half. bouquet. Because and- I had my pinky out all the time, too. Like, so I just noticed, like, every time I drink something, my pinky sticks out. Pinky up. Pinky up. So tell me about this podcast that you're listening to. Oh, hey. Great segue. Um, so lately... I've just been kind of like in a slump of listening to a lot of things. I think my, I think because pers- like personally, I'm just so stressed out at the moment and I just need something to get away from the norm of the things I listen to. Like I'm no offense, but like sometimes true crimes and murders every week just takes a toll on me. So I decided to dig into something a little bit deeper, not deeper, a little bit different so I've been listening to this podcast that's been around since 2015, and it's called Hello from the Magic Tavern. So the, 
the premise of it, it's uh, a Chicago improv comedy community. They do the show and it's this host, Arnie Need Camp, who felt who falls into a trans dimensional portal behind a Burger King in Chicago and he's into this magical land called as Foon. You do. Huh? As as, as you do. <laughs> magical world called Foon, which is like kind of like Narnia uh, uh, It's look. Narnia business. <laughs> Anyways, and so he befriends a shapeshifter who is often a badger called Chut and a wizard called Usador. And it's the it's and a, is that how you get back and forth? You use the door? No, no. Um, and I just I remember downloading it a couple of months ago when I was like, I don't know if I'm going to like this. And then I started to listen to him more. And so Arnie, he went into this dim, transdimensional portal with his um, podcasting equipment. And he does a podcast from this place and he gets a wife a, a weak wi-fi signal from the burger king that he was at and like this whole like you know storyline and it's it's improv it's just funny how they work together to create these um elaborate stories and they these three friends kind of interviewed different different magical creatures around this huge magical kingdom and it's it's funny. It's I, I I've always enjoyed the art of improv. It's not the easiest thing at all. Sometimes it's just hard to just make things up right at the spot. Like for me, I would be horrible at improv. And it's just it's such a great um, podcast. If you're just looking to just escape the reality of stuff like this, it's just funny. It's like when I'm listening to, I feel like I'm part of that little table that they have having a few drinks and just listen to all the bullshit because some of the people are t- asking the host Arnie what's what's it like on earth and he won't tell him what's it like on earth because he's so you know into wanting to know what happens in food and they get emails from people about what's it like and all this and it's it's such a good show they just had their um I, I think it's like their third year not third year um I, it was like a really big anniversary. I think it was like their three hundredth episode or something like that. And it's it's every week, every Monday, half hour show. It's really good. It's really funny, and it kind of just got me into the idea of like tabletop games and where you. That's another thing I'm starting to do is um, going to the the world of tabletop games and indie games and like role playing games and doing stuff that. You know, Monopoly's great. Sorry's okay, but like I need games that are going to be more stimulating and dealing with a lot of strategies. So, I'm asking all the folks there who do games if you have any tabletop games that you really enjoy, card games, board games, anything like that, send your suggestions my way because I would really appreciate it. I grabbed a few. Um, I just wanted to try some new stuff and Mixtape Massacre. Okay. That's a fun board game. Is it? Okay. Yep. So I'll definitely check that out. Monopoly. No, I want to go away she from... She just my... said... You sh- nah, wow, way she to pay attention. specifically just said not Monopoly. Like, I can't... One of my friends does <laughs> not like Monopoly, Kelly. Monopoly. <laughs> no, not Monopoly. I grabbed a few... Simpsons Monopoly. Right, <laughs> no. Right, Patrick? Oh, yeah. I have it. 
Simpsons I... Trivial Pursuit. No. Marvel Trivial Pursuit. That'd be great. I have it. I have. Um, I ordered like three, three of them. I th- ordered three games, and a lot of it. Um, if you're not into tabletops and you're trying to learn about new games, will we in? On the Geek and Sundry channel, he does a tabletop. It was running for a couple of years where he plays the game with a few friends and you kind of learn the like the rules, what it's like to play the game and stuff. And it's just it, it really kind of expand my knowledge of like what kind of tabletop games I would really go into. And there's a couple of people who've sent me like suggestions through my Facebook and I really appreciate it. But if you were not friends on Facebook and you want to tell me, t- totally let me know because I am all about doing games if it's two player or co-op or you know whatever send your suggestions because i need more games in my life we should do a a throwdown thursday like meetup game that would be great i would totally be game for that Uh, I totally did not mean to say that. (laughs) 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 Then again, I do say that. I'd be gay for that. But yeah, I do. That's literally the first time I've ever heard you say that ever in the history of anything. I say that all the time. Just I really do, but maybe not to you. I've heard her say it before. Lies. And so, yeah, there. I know a lot of people saying betrayal on that betrayal of haunted house on the hill was like a really good one. Um, I ordered a Star Trek one because I'm a Trekkie at heart, and it, that one was pretty cool. And uh, Forbidden Desert and and Island was another one I picked up. So there's a lot of great games out there. And so, yeah, we should totally do, like, a game night. I'd be so down for that. That would be fun. I, I unfortunately haven't played it yet, but me and uh, me and my girl uh, T-Dog, we got a Labyrinth board game Ooh. based on the movie. So we just haven't had a chance to open it up yet, but it looks really awesome. Yeah, I, there's a lot of good games. There's another game that I'm probably going to get at the end of the month called Monarch, and it's one of the one of the great things is you're all female characters. You're no like it's no like males. It's about four princesses trying to take the kingdom. And like, Ooh, I'm down. Yeah, like you, ha- your mother is the queen of this kingdom, and you have to. One of the sisters have to go and get the kingdom to rule. And it's that one was pretty fun because a, it's all female based characters. There's no male presence. Not like that's a bad thing, but like in a community that's it's very ma- male dominated. You know, mm-hmm. you have that, and the premise is really cool. And so yeah, so tabletop games help me get into it because. I need new stuff in my life. <laughs> There's one more recommendation I want to make. It's more of a role-playing game. Yep. But it's a very simple setup. It's called Dread, and you need to have a Jenga board. Okay. And the way it works is instead of rolling dice, you pull uh, Jenga pieces. Mm-hmm. So, and it's supposed to be, like, you're supposed to do it as, like, horror stories. Mm-hmm. So, it, it ramps up the, the dread or, or the suspense. Oh, cool. Because as the higher you get the more, you know, the more stressful it becomes. So oh, that's cool. when you make these decisions of like, I would like to, you know, fight the monster or go investigate this thing, mm-hmm. then it becomes a lot more stressful because you're trying to pull the Jenga pieces from, from the bottom. And there's like all these ones, it's like starting to, you know, starting to shake and it's really cool. So there's actually games you can just, you can just download the story from from websites and just mm-hmm. and just go off that story you don't even have to come up with your own and 
Uh, it's it's uh, it's a lot of fun. Oh, thanks, Wolfie. I'll definitely look into that. So. Just be careful because if the Demogorgon comes, like then it'll kidnap your friends in real life. Oh, okay. I saw that on a documentary once. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of strange. Well, I've seen Stranger Things. Mm-hmm. All right, so we are going to go on to a break. But stay tuned. We're going to talk about Sterling Archer from the television show Archer. And we will be right back. Hi, my name is Kurando Mitsutake, director of Gun Woman and Karate Kill, and you're listening to Throwdown Thursday podcast. Hello, this is the Sasquatch, aka Bigfoot, but you can just call me Frank, and when I'm not stomping around the woods throwing rocks at hunters, I like to listen to the Paranormal Punchers podcast. That's right, Paranormal Punchers. They talk about all things paranormal, and they're hilarious. Go find them on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Google Play, and ParanormalPunches.com. And we're back. So, we're going to be talking about uh, possibly the greatest spy in the world. Uh, at least if you ask him. Uh, he, he gets my vote. He is a jerk to Woodhouse. Um, he is a jerk to pretty much everyone. Everybody. Especially Lana, but that's just because he likes her. Uh, so, we're of course talking about Sterling Mallory Archer. Who was his uh, mom's second favorite uh, to only the dog, Duchess. And, uh, yeah, uh, where to begin with this guy? Well, he's uh, voiced by H. John Benjamin, who's a Worcester native. Yes, he's yes. a Worcester native. I keep trying to get him to come on the show. He's a very busy man. It's like he's just never in town. Yeah, he's I, literally. Skype. He's... <laughs> but... Well, I mean, when he's not doing Archer, he's also the voice of Bob Belcher from yeah. Bob's Burgers, and a little bit of a crossover that <laughs> they had in that. In that, uh, they did an episode where he was Bob from Bob's Burgers. Yeah, and he was married to Linda Belcher. So in season four. Yep, season four, episode one. 
So, when was the first time you got a chance to see Archer, Agent Nicole? What was your introduction to him? I, oh gosh, I don't remember when. It was definitely a couple of years ago. I think it had to be. I think I was still working at a uh, a store, and a couple of the seasons were on. Um, on a what do you call it digital <laughs> black, video disc a black out of black friday black friday sale and i had seen it on netflix and i was like oh okay like i needed something new to watch and i, I heard i had heard the voice and i was like this sounds like bob bob belcher and then i realized it was john h benjamin and i became a like really guy from home movies yeah um I had, I think, I had just seen John uh, H. John Benjamin live. I went to see Bob's Burgers live a couple of years ago, so I wanted to kind of explore what he was doing. And I had seen some Family Guy episodes, and he's in that. And I just, I remember watching it, and I was like, okay, this is fucking weird. Like, really, this is really, like the phrasing and just the tip and all this stuff. And as I started going into more of season one i just started to really enjoy it more it's aesthetically it's i it's like stuff that i like it's very like mad madman kind of feels and just the idea that this cocky incoherent idiot is uh the greatest spy known to man and everybody's just copying him and his interactions with a lot of the people like Personally, my favorite character on the show is uh, Judy Greer's Cheryl Tunt, who's like my... Tum again? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she's like my spirit animal sometimes. I just love her. But it just it's such a great show, and it's so well-written, and it's so quotable. It's, like, it's one of my absolute favorite shows in recent years. So there you go. Ashes, how about you? Because your story is going to be very similar to mine. I don't remember. <laughs> Um, is this one of the shows? Those shows that we we tried watching and we didn't like it, and then mm-hmm. we went back and we liked it. Yep, very much like Bob's Burgers. Yep, yes. just like Bob's Burgers. Uh, we tried watching it. It wasn't. Uh, it wasn't fantastic to me at first. I was just kind of like, eh. But after watching it, like I really dig the animation style. Yeah. Um. I like the fact that, you know, when I was a kid, I was big into mythology. Um, so seeing that the competing uh, spy agencies are Isis and Odin, Isis is the queen of the Egyptian gods. Odin, everyone knows from the Marvel movies as the king of the Norse gods. Mm-hmm. So I just thought that was always fun. And a lot of the voices that you hear in the show are voices that you've heard in other shows like uh, like Carl from uh, Aqua Teen Hunger Force. I'm blanking on his name. Chris Parnell. No, Chris Parnell is from Saturday Night Live. He plays Barry the Cyborg. Oh fuck, what's his name? Um, yeah, I'm totally blanking. I'm gonna have to look it up. But um, but yeah, Chris Parnell is excellent uh, as Cyril Figgis. <laughs> uh, Lucky Yates is probably my favorite character as uh, Krieger. Krieger. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, it's 
I love Pam. Pam's my favorite. Pam the episode it. that she had, like, she joins a fight club. Like, that's oh just God. that that makes my life. Like, sons that, of just, bitches, leave me. And the mother, Mallory Archer, oh and we're gonna kind of get into the mother of uh, well God. a lot that's because a huge part of Archer, Dave Willis, Dave Willis is Barry Dillon. Um, but uh, oh my God, what's her name? Aisha Taylor. No, the Mallory Archer. Jessica Walters. Jessica Walter. Um, who Mallory Archer looks just like Jessica Walter. Um, but yeah, um, Pam, Pam Poovy. She's my home girl. Pam Poovy is great. I want to get drunk with her. You should do it. I know. Oh, you know what? You should cosplay as Cheryl. I'll cosplay as Pam. Oh, my God. We should do it. <laughs> oh, don't forget. Rocket Shock. Let's do it. <laughs> Christian Slater. And then, you know, he, he gets a lot of the guys, uh, like his co-stars from other shows. John like, Hamm is in it. Mm-hmm. Um, the Hamaconda. Eugene Merman. Oh, my God. Eugene, Eugene Merman is Cheryl's, Cheryl's brother. brother. Uh, Kristen Schaal also does the voice. Yep. Um they're all in the same episode. Yep. Patton Oswalt, Gary Cole, Fred Armisen. Yeah, it's one of those. I have Lauren come Cohen, to the conclusion J.K. that I can be a little judgy wudgy when I first like watch something, and I think that you know that's how I was with Bob's Burgers. That's how I was with with this show. I need to like learn to give something a proper go, and I think I've gotten better at that. But yeah, Archer was one of those shows. I first watched it. I was like, yeah, no thanks, not me. <laughs> and then I don't know what happened. I think people were talking it up. Like, yeah, you guys don't watch Archer. Like, what you guys, see- well, exactly. Like, you guys seem like the kind of people who would, would watch, watch Archer. Yeah. Um, and they were like, well, what does that? <laughs> what's that supposed to mean? Um. But no, so we we gave it another like a proper go ahead, and we love it now. It's, <laughs> it's so just good. it's an easy watching show, and easily it's yeah, easy, oh, very easily bingeable. Um, yeah, what did you say when we hit the last? That was it. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, oh, <laughs> we finished this season. Um, and there's something about the character of Archer that God. I hate the fact that I love this character because this character goes against everything that I stand for. Well, exactly. Um, But there's something so endearing and lovable about this character as well. Like he's kind of like a wounded puppy sometimes, Mm -hmm. literally, because he gets shot so many fucking times. But um, in the same place. (laughs) And what's nice is they're consistent yeah like if they do something like the continuity like the tattoo that he gets and then the other tattoo that he gets like the continuity is always there like anytime they show it's not like you know certain shows where you know like on the simpsons they've had a thing where like homer's wearing a watch but he's only wearing a watch for like one scene like the the Frank Grimes episode where he's like, "Oh, we've got a five thirteen in your in your uh, in your room," and he like looks at his watch. He's like, "No, no, no, a five thirteen like in your instruction manual." Like trying to tell him like this is a code for there's a fire in your in your uh, in your mm-hmm. office, mm-hmm. and Homer just keeps looking at his watch, but he doesn't have the watch on anywhere else because it's just not. It wasn't necessary for any of the other jokes. It was just necessary for that visual gag. Mm-hmm. Archer keeps this stuff consistent. Like, it's always there. Yeah. And stuff like certain objects or things 
mm-hmm. from his childhood obviously makes an impact in his real life like the paddle or crocodiles like how he has a huge fear of them but he has memories of a man who was his father bringing him a crocodile and he would love crocodiles so like throughout this entire series you know it's always back and forth with what he was like as a kid you see him progressing to him being such a lovable asshole so archer needs therapy <laughs> a lot of therapy that's why he drinks like as much a as he lot does. of therapy i've only had a shot at three gummy bears <laughs> All I had was whiskey, yeah, like whiskey and three gummy bears. Scotch, it was scotch. I mean, the big thing on the show is his relationship with his mother, (laughs) or lack thereof, or whatever you want to call it. It's completely uh, undefinable sometimes. Um, He has this thing where he always calls her mother. Yeah. It's always mother, um, never like mom or mummy or whatever. It's always mother. Um, it's almost like he's always seeking her approval. Mm-hmm. Yep, always. But then at the same time, he acts like he doesn't care. Yeah. And then he acts like he never wants her around. Mm-hmm. But then at the same time, he can't get enough of her. Mm-hmm. And that totally goes into how he was brought up. Oh, yeah. I think we learned about with Archer where his mother is during the time was you know he was given birth in uh reggie's bar which was woodhouse's bar and you see that episode i believe it's in season four no it was in season two where you see the relationship progressed over the years in that episode where you know um he was brought up by the servant Woodhouse, and every year that Mallory would come to visit, he's like, I hate you. She's not my mother. She's not there for me. And like, you see him trying to do more things to kind of get her attention. And then she does things to him like you would never do to a young child, like make him drink a whole bottle or play poker and get mad at him for hitting on 21 and all sorts of stuff and making him drink excessively at a young age give him his give him a bike and tell him you know make sure you take care of it and then (laughs) steal it when he's not looking yep and it's like she didn't she doesn't know how to be a mother to him but they also have like kind of like i wouldn't say mutual respect but they kind of understand that they are both broken characters they're both flawed people and a lot of that um comes from season two where um there's a a health scare with mallory and he's freaking out oh my god my mother could have breast cancer but oh my god is it hereditary and like he gets mad at her for probably passing on breast cancer and he gets breast cancer and she's you know trying to be supportive like i'm sorry i couldn't be there and he's like no no no, it's all right don't worry and like there's always constant banter between them like it's there's the banter and then there's like a really really creepy sexual element I was going to say like it. there's definitely some kind of like Oedipus complex yeah. right there yeah it's yeah. weird and it's, gross it's very uncomfortable but very entertaining to watch yeah like it, it kind of like one of those like w- will they won't they you know they won't but oh, it's God, still no. like they really toy on that that line of like will they won't they and I think you know uh, Archer's just needing to please his mother like that that 
contributes to that. And like he gets upset when she's dating other guys, like dating his idol, which is Burt Reynolds. Reynolds. Oh my God. He like freaks out about that. And then she gets married and he like Ron Cadillac, Ron Cadillac. And he had gone off. I think it was season five. No, it was season five um, where he goes off, starts his new life because he just can't accept his mother's marriage to Ron Cadillac and like this whole thing of trying to get him back into the spy agency and stuff like, you know, he wants to be the only man in her life. And I think even now in these later episodes, later seasons, he's kind of like kind of let go of that. There's some creepy elements to it, but, you know, his relationship with his mother is a running gag in the show. And it's it's funny. It's really funny. And I think you can't have one without the other. Well, and his relationship with Woodhouse is also another running gag. Correct. On this show. Um, it's almost like he... Uh, Archer clearly has self-esteem like like deep-rooted self-esteem issues that stem from his upbringing with his mother mm-hmm. or lack thereof Correct. um and he takes out his self-esteem issues you know the fact that he he overcompensates with his arrogance and his immaturity but he takes out his his issues on woodhouse his hired help so woodhouse has pretty much been with him his entire life correct um you know and and he somehow still views woodhouse as being beneath him woodhouse is the help and poor fucking woodhouse makes him eat spider webs (laughs) (laughs) you're gonna have to eat a whole ball of spider webs and like to add on to that even though he thinks you know he puts Woodhouse beneath him in a way like you know he, that respect thing he does acknowledge him as like you were there for me since I was growing up and I think that kind of one of the episodes where you know you see Mallory going through uh, kind of like a photo album and it's all the pictures with you know graduation and whatnot it's always Woodhouse and Woodhouse has always been there for him and I think he does acknowledge it but then he goes right back to being a complete asshole to Woodhouse and it's I love Woodhouse I it breaks my heart that he's gone well and I think the I don't want to give too many spoilers away but I mean the most recent season the Dreamland season is on it's on Hulu and Netflix I I know it's being taken off Netflix but it is on Hulu and we're talking about Archer because the new season of Archer does premiere uh, end of April, I believe. Mm-hmm. Correct. Um, but the Dreamland season, it's all a coma dream that Archer is having. And his coma dream is avenging what he, he th- believes that Woodhouse is dead or no Woodhouse is dead. He or, is dead. Yeah. And um He's avenging Woodhouse's death. And I'm not going to give too much into the the way that the characters and stuff play out because there's a couple of surprises in there. But that just kind of shows you that, like, he's in this coma. He's having this dream. And his psyche is compensating for the fact that, you know what, he does care for this, you know, for, for Woodhouse. And he's having, you know, he's totally distraught by the fact that Woodhouse is no longer here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he's trying to come up with a reason why, and you know, I'm not going to say how it happened, but you know, this whole time he he, but it's typical Archer. It's like, oh well, I can just read what's in this file. 
but you know, I kind of want to get a drink, and I need to go over here, and I need to do this, and it's just, it's awful. It's awful how he doesn't, you know, like. Well, I mean, and- he 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 could have he could avoid most of his problems. Most of his problems are self inflicted. He could avoid yes. them by just like not being a total dipshit all the time. Well, a lot of it is because you know he was severely bullied throughout his time as a child in prep school. So, you know, that plays a role. I mean, he didn't have to be a dick, but he didn't have many strong influences in his life. I mean, Woodhouse could only do what he could raising him and his mother wasn't the best example. And you see that throughout the series. So No, yeah, she's she's just ugh. They're they're relationship- I love her. I love I her. love her so much. Their relationship <laughs> is so imbalanced, but you know, like I said, you can't have one without the other, and that you see that they it, the relationship is imbalanced, but they are balanced in like as a way that they complement each other, and like they're both just absolute disasters. Yeah, yeah. He's like I don't know how I would describe him other than disaster. Like that's a that's a good way. Like they both, but they're. They're so each other that, like, that's why they don't get along. To quote Milhouse, they're like two positively charged ions. Because they don't, they repel each other. But, like, when one of them is in trouble, the other one tends to uh, come to their aid and then... They're never, uh, they're never really grateful for it, though. No. Well, and Archer has really weird, miscued, like skewed uh, relationships with pretty much everyone. Yeah. You know, he's slept with all of his female coworkers. Yeah. Um, he's fucked over all of his male coworkers yeah. multiple but times, Ray. especially Figus. <laughs> um, I don't know. Ray got it pretty bad too. He's a fucking cyborg. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, but now he's a cyborg. Like, yeah, but that's he was a cool. cyborg. Yeah, he was a cyborg before, and then he ended up in the wheelchair. But because Krieger wouldn't uh, change his battery pack and just yeah. left him to be like. So he's uh, a cyborg, crippled. but he's still crippled. But doesn't he have like a black hand too? Yes, he has a black <laughs> hand now. It's crazy. Ray's a hot mess, but. To piggyback on you on his relationships, another probably another big relationship that we should definitely dive into is his relationship with Lana. Oh, his baby mama? His baby mama. And I think, you know, you see him being the, a disaster, you know, constantly throughout the whole series, but once he once Lana and him have this child, it really kind of changes Archer a little bit. He he becomes a father that he he's trying to do become a an influence in his daughter's life because he never had that in his own life and he's trying to protect her from having the same shitty relationship he had with his own mother but like to be there for her and that's something that you know we see him as being an immature little shit cocky little bastard but when he's with that little girl someone a life that he has created 
well, he didn't know that he was creating until like the end of uh, season, I believe, five or six. Um, you know, it changes his whole life and his whole perspective. Like that little girl is his new life. But but back to Lana. Yeah, like getting the and the whole like who's the father? Oh my god, that one was so oh, crazy. Yeah. I knew it was Archer the whole time. Like there was no way. It could be. Well, I mean, you kind of knew when she was pregnant that it was Archer and Archer while Lana was pregnant. I mean, and he always sh- like shat on Lana. Like mm-hmm. let's face it, like he was horrible to her, but at the same time, you could tell that he loved her. He could not live without her. Correct. And it was one of those he used her up relationship wise because that's what he does with everyone he just like uses you up and spits you out but he could not let her go Mm -hmm. and you know even when she was trying to have relationships with other people like archer intervened because it's one of those if i can't have you nobody else else can have have you but at the same time i don't really want you yeah but it's a conundrum i don't want you to be with anybody else like i can be with other people but you can't be with other people and she's kind of like his compass his due north like he's just this he's a man child like he needs direction and she's definitely his his compass and she's come to his aid several times um and I'm thinking of this one scene where they're on this the the ship the I think it's the submarine yeah and the submarine is, is it's taking on water yeah and they only have like his main concern was saving Lana yeah like that was his suits yeah yeah and that so was they his it. only yeah and that was his only concern was Lana and that was one of the first times we really see Archer be super self like selfless well, yeah. which is so unlike this character yeah. you know and then obviously um, as her you know her pregnancy proceeds and she yeah. has the baby he has this this bond with this baby and you know obviously he doesn't know why at first and yeah. then he you know finds out that he is the father and you know wants to be there for this child so you know you kind of see this um, inner quarrel with you know Archer's personality is this this almost like longing to replace something that he never had, mm-hmm. and his old Playboy ways makes me think of Don Draper, right? Well, he's even like you know what you're saying about being a man child. Like even in a tense situation, he's like so reckless and wild, but he's yeah. got such good training, and he's he's a good agent, you know. Right, and most of the times, like, he has good intentions. It's just the the follow-through is he a little did, lacking. Yeah, he just, he doesn't play by the rules. He creates his own rules to get to where um, he goes with completing a mission or somewhat trying to complete a mission. But I do propose this question about Archer, and we, it's definitely played around in the couple of the episodes. It's a running theme of... Is Archer have Asperger's or is autistic? What do you guys think about that? I definitely think autistic because of his ability to count. It's very many... much Asperger's where a lot of like, I feel like he's more of Asperger's than, but yeah, sorry. Because it's like, uh, um, like Rain Man, like he's able to count how many shots have mm-hmm. been fired. So. And he hates change and that's a huge thing in that in that kind of um disorder it's the you know change is a 
is one thing that they don't like. He always has like a kind of like a routine or a, a very loose routine and any mm-hmm. change in his life is very drastic because he can't have change. Well, he also lacks empathy mm-hmm. and he also, you know, he, he lacks this ability to kind of pick up on social cues. Correct. And, you know, something can be going on around him and he's so absorbed with himself. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, I think he might be slightly on the spectrum. Sure. Yeah. I mean, maybe even a little bit of a narcissistic personality disorder as well. Well, Not I mean, that I'm going to sit there diagnosing him. Yeah. I I think... I, I'm interested on... Do you have anything to add, Ashes? I didn't mean to cut. Oh, no, no, no. No, go ahead. I was just going to say... Um, propose this question. What do you expect? Because the show is... I've heard that after 10 seasons, it's going to be done. And I think we're on to season 9 of yes. Archer. Where do you, would you like to see Archer go from this point on? I don't know. The future. Oh, besides, besides, space. Well, no. <laughs> no, well, I mean, we've already been to space. Yeah, so just for a little while. They had to disband ISIS because, um, you know, ISIS now has uh, a bad. reputation. The, yeah. the word ISIS. Um, yeah, you really don't want to be affiliated with that. So they disbanded ISIS and they were part of like the Figus agency. Yeah. And then there was that whole Archer Vice season. Oh my God, I love Archer Vice. <laughs> you know, and so they're trying to find ways to, um, you know, and then they worked for, did they work for the FBI? They, CIA. CIA. The CIA. CIA. Christian Slater. Yes. Um, you know, and then the, the, you have the most recent season where it's it's uh, they're like all mobsters, gangsters yeah. in Anacoba. Um Archer's Coma Dream. So I'm interested to see how they're going to continue to play out, um, you know, these characters and what they're going to do next. They always seem to find their way back to each other. Yeah. So I'm interested to see a. Is Archer, I mean, obviously Archer's going to survive the coma, um, but I'm interested to see how he survives the coma. Mm-hmm. I'm interested to see if he and Lana actually get together, mm-hmm. if that's going to be like their happily and happily ever after. Yeah. Happy for Archer, not so happy for, for Lana, because she's yeah. going to have to get stuck with him and take care of him. But Archer is kind of hot, so, you know, it's not all bad. Um you know, and if he's ever going to get that validation from his mother that he's so longing. I, I agree on all three of those. I did recently see a um, poster, like a promo for the new Archer series. It looks like they're going to the jungle. Oh, okay. They're going to go do some danger. They're going to the danger zone. Danger zone. And um, I completely agree with all your your three points. I it's where is he going to be after the end of season nine or season eight? I haven't watched it yet, so I don't know if he survived the coma or not. But I think I would like to find out who his father is. Like, yeah, we have like that's leads. a running gag in that whole fucking series. It's like, are we gonna know his dad? I feel like at this point, or are we gonna get to the point where it's just not important? Maybe it's Bob Sag. <laughs> you know, they play that in freaking How I Met Your Mother. The voice is Bob Sag. I mean, I like for some reason, like for me, like 
and it, it's just me being me it's like i kind of want things to be wrapped up like i don't like if we're gonna end the series i want to know at least some of those important running gags are being answered like will we find out who his real father is because throughout the series mallory she kind i don't even know if mallory's mallory knows what she's talking about but like she made up a whole big thing about how his father used to be uh, a captain and like had this military um funeral for him right like bitch john fitzgerald archer through a fucking fake military <laughs> funeral just maybe it's just to give her him closure like, or something god yeah. i want to be her when i get older <laughs> like how crazy is that and like he has all these like hallucination dreams that that he met his father and like i that's like one thing i do want i think i as the series comes to whatever it ends, I hope that there is some some inkling of like we do find out who, who the fuck his real father is. Because there, that's a huge thing. I want to see if Lana and Archer do get married. I want to see some validation on Mallory's end of like you know her son's great, like that she loves him. Blah 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 blah. But like to see where Arch is going to go career wise. Like, yeah, that's a big. That's a big thing because he all he knows is being a spy and drinking. So, yeah, basically. So I think with that being said, we're gonna go ahead and bring the. Uh, Wait, no, no, no! I just got a nope. the ocelot. Okay. Oh my god, Babu! Babu, yeah. Can we just talk about the ocelot? Like, I want to know if he's going to be reunited oh with the god. ocelot. That that's that's my ultimate like what if though. Babu, will he ever see Babu again? That's all Cheryl. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, Cheryl Tunt of Tunt Railways. Babu, little side fact, uh, the artist Salvio Dali had an ocelot named Babu. Oh, really? And that's why they named it Babu. Yeah, on the show. I mean, like, I know it's Cheryl's ocelot, but, like... It's truly Babu Archer's. and Archer. They had a connection. Maybe, maybe they're supposed to run off into the sunset together. <laughs> I would be okay with that. <laughs> Hey, whatever works. So, if there's gonna be a happy ending with Archer, I don't know. I just want answers and questions. My questions to be answered. But I, if you haven't seen Archer, it's on Hulu. It was just on Netflix, but Netflix decided that they don't want it anymore. Um, I think I think it's all. It's also on Amazon Prime as well. So you have a few places. And the FXXXX whatever app. The FXXX app? You might have a different app. <laughs> I don't know. There's too many fucking X's with it. Um, you're, there's always Archer around. It's such, it's a huge thing. And we all quote it. I, I love quoting it when I can quote it. But um, anyway, sorry. Um, so we will be right back. We have battle results. Yes. Mm-hmm. And we will preview next episode, which we I think we already know what's going to be next episode. We kind of been plugging it out. So stay tuned. We'll be right back. Trick or Treat Radio is a phantasmagorical spin kick straight through the heart of pop culture, navigated by the Deadites. We are the world's greatest electroshock band. We destroy monsters. We drink booze and we win championship belts. If you're not listening to Trick or Treat Radio, here's a taste of what you've been missing. There's three guarantees in life. What are they? Death. 
Taxes and Trick or Treat Radio every Friday morning. This is one of the most convoluted movies I've ever seen in my life. I'm fucking trying, man. Hi, hi, hi. Oh, yeah. Hey, hey, hey. Oh, yeah. It's like you took a shit on a pile of shit. But you shit on him right. for liking what he likes. Yeah, well, it's my job. This podcast is now banned in Germany. <laughs> it's me, Giovanni Lombardo Radici. Shut up. I call bullshit. I demand someone to bring me the face of Lindsay Lohan. If I had genitals, I would definitely bang her. Oh, wait. Is she a great big fan person? You just hit the jackpot. This is a weird movie, huh? It had action. It had suspense. It had great characters. It had great acting. I'm going to strangle you with my jockey shorts. I don't like mobster movies. All right, well, here's my take. You're a sick fuck. Thank you. Now shut the fuck up and let me talk. Have you ever seen 2001? The box, right? The box and the monkey. Available on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and trickortreatradio.com. Arrivederci, douche bags. Hi, this is Samantha Newark, the voice of Jem and Jerrica from the original Jem and the Holograms cartoon series. And you are listening to Throwdown Thursday on the Grand Guineal Network. Well, hello there, neighborinos. The handle's Mr. Most Days Off, but my friends call me Miles, and I'm the host of the Best Darn Diddly Review Show. Hello, Mr. Most Days Off. <laughs> and that's my best friend, Richie the Whiz Kid, the co-host of Best Darn Diddly. Hi, diddly ho there, podcasterinos. The Best Darn Diddly Review Show is a weekly journey through the entire Simpsons series, hosted by us, two guys who grew up loving the Simpsons. We discuss every diddly, every doodly, and every do. So lace up your assassin sneakers, put on your skin-tight ski suit, and head down the slopes with us at Best Darn Diddly. Stupid, sexy, Best Darn Diddly. You can catch us each and every Monday on bestdarndiddly.com. And we're back. And as promised, we have some we have some battle results. So Ashes, why don't you uh, why don't you give us those battle results so people can know so, what was up? Yeah, this week's battle it was very close. That mm-hmm. I think it's the closest battle we've ever had. So we had uh, Hiccup and Toothless from the How to Train Your Dragon series versus. Daenerys and Drogon from Game of Thrones. Yeah, how to train your Drogon. Um, from Game of Thrones and winning by only a very slight margin, Hiccup and Toothless. Yeah. Yeah, It was very close. It was, uh, one of our, it was only eight to six. Uh, I figured it would be pretty close. I forget who I voted for now. I think I voted for, uh, Hiccup and Toothless. You? No, you voted for Danny and Drogon. I think I might have done that because uh, Hiccup would probably be like, "Oh man, why don't we, uh, why don't we just be friends and stuff?" And Danny would be like, "Oh yes, that's what we shall do. Let's just get that Dracarys and then murder everyone." Lies. That was that was a great Daenerys Targaryen that was impression. Horrible. <laughs> no, see perfect. what's going to happen is Daenerys is going to be all like Dracarys, and Hiccup is going to look at the dragon and and do his little dragon magic, and Toothless is going to be like, "I don't think so, bitch, because I am the alpha now, yes. and you are going to obey look at me. me. I okay. am the alpha now. Yeah." <laughs> <laughs> And and before you know it, like Hiccup is gonna have Drogon rolling on his back like a puppy. 
Mm-hmm. And then they're going to, like, Toothless is going to chase his tail or something. And then they're going to play. And then Hiccup and Daenerys are going to be like, well, let's go get some tea or something. And then Daenerys. Or whatever, whatever Vikings drink. I don't know. Boiled Ale. sheep's head. Ale. Ale. <laughs> yeah, except for some him. Is mead. Like, Hiccup? No. Oh, I'll just have a glass of warm water. <laughs> Ah, let's talk about our differences. Oh my god, stop. No, I am a queen. Why why does Hiccup kind of sound like Shaggy from Scooby-Doo? He kind of looks like Shaggy from Scooby-Doo. So, next week, next week's show, I am super excited. Are you? Um, We are going to be having multiple time Emmy Award-winning writer for The Simpsons and the co-creator of F is for Family, now streaming on Netflix, seasons one and two, starring Bill Burr, Justin Long, Laura Dern, and newly, uh, a recent Academy Award winner, Sam Rockwell. I'm so happy. It's an animated TV show, and our guest will be... Mr. Michael Price. Can so we get Sam Rockwell on the show. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you can wear, let's, let's reach out to him on Twitter. Let's be like, hey, let's get uh, no. Let's get a good rapport with uh, Mike Price. Maybe he puts in a good word for Ooh, us. Maybe. Yeah, see, why don't you give me a goddamn chance instead of shooting down my ideas? <laughs> well, I thought you were just gonna well get how about we? No. That's oh, stupid. Hey, I thought you were going to start saying about Ray Park. So well, like, oh we got to get Ray Park. He's in London right now. Hey, so. But you never Ray know. I mean, Michael Price, a That's co-creator true. of F is for Family, has That's Sam true. Rockwell voicing on it. Maybe, you know, he'll be like, hey, I'm going to come back. Because, I mean, obviously, we're talking Simpsons next week. We're talking Krusty the Krab. Krusty, Krusty the, the fucking Krab. Krab. <laughs> Krusty guys the Krab. Saying, Sorry, my bad. Krusty Krab. Is this the Krusty Krab? The crusty part. Crab. <laughs> oh. Wow. Yeah. Next week we are talking. I'm glad we have a week between shows. The clown with Emmy Award winner. Multiple Michael Price. Emmy Award winner. Um. But yeah, he's also the co-creator of Ephes for Family. So maybe he'll come back on eventually, and we can do an Ephes for Family Season episode. Three. And maybe Season see three. if he can get. If he wants to bring some friends, if he wants to bring other writers. They have a lot. They have a great cast on it. John DiMaggio. Um, oh, I'm losing. Um, oh, the guy. He's on. Um, he's he's. Also I really on wish you at home could see like American Patrick's Dead. facial expressions when he goes through a thought process. Well, I want to make sure I get his name right because it kind of looks like he's having a stroke a little bit. Well, if I get the name wrong, because I don't want it. Well, who did, who has he played or she played? Well, he, it's Kevin Michael Richardson. I want to make sure that's right, and people don't get him confused with the the Seinfeld guy that yelled racist shit that played Cosmo Kramer. Oh, so yeah, I mean Gary Cole, like I said, John DiMaggio. Uh, let's see who else. Let's flip through here. Allison Janney. Yeah, you know, just nobody good. T.J. Miller. Also, I do recently oh, yep. Academy Award winner. Classic voice, and you're you're a fan of Futurama. Mm-hmm. Uh, Phil Lamar, who plays Hermes. John DiMaggio, who is Bender. 
uh, a lot Mo of... Mo Collins. Oh, my God. I love Mo Collins. Right? Yeah. She's good. So... It's... Have you watched any of Parks and Rec yet? No, I just finished The Office. Unbelievable. Okay, or just say, See, if I you, like, if you like Mo Collins, um, she's a bit character mm-hmm. on Parks and Rec. Uh-huh. And she's funny. I she's just funny. loved her from Mad TV. <laughs> she was great in Mad TV. So, I mean, I, I would love to have any of these folks on and if we make a good impression maybe he's like you know what you know you guys should go on that show help promote f is for family i mean we definitely want to have you know again i'm getting ahead of myself but if, right? if things go Calm well down, dude, over there. With, Calm down. with michael we, we still he still hasn't even like called in yet we still got to make sure he's like <laughs> gonna he phone still in. wants yeah. to come uh, come on the show he's probably listening to this Phrasing. thinking like i'm not coming yeah in. i was gonna say after he hears this episode maybe he's gonna cancel <laughs> know, now yeah <laughs> Like, uh-oh, there's a bunch of weirdos on my show. I do want to say, though, the reason I asked him to be on is because I heard him multiple times on our buddies, Mile and Richie's Best Darn Diddly podcast, mm-hmm. which is all about The Simpsons, and he just sounds utterly delightful. So, yes, you have your hand raised. I have a question. Um, so you have brought to my attention that I offended one of our listeners because I wouldn't allow him at my house. Goobs, Goobs, uh, he was very upset. Although he said your parents did teach you well to not allow strangers in the house. I want to say I'm very sorry that I, I, uh, wouldn't allow you into my house. Um, Goobs, of course, one third of the derailers. Yes, he's on the derailers. Um, they did teach me good manners. I would pay for you to at a hotel. At least they would do that, give you comfort, where you could be as loud as you want. You could crash the the hotel. But that's going to be on your your credit card. So if you um, crash which the hotel, I stole from you, so you don't have. Yeah, good luck getting anything <laughs> with my credit cards. But I like I felt bad because you were, you were giving me so much shit. I know you were just joking, but I felt really bad. No, you know what? You know what you could do to make it up to him. And Goobs, he, this is my idea. So don't listen to me. <laughs> you sleep outside in the sleeping bag, and Goobs gets your room. No, he cannot have my room. Wow. See, I I tried to come up with First a compromise. All, this isn't between you and him. It's between me and him. So you shut up. Goobs, fuck up. you. <laughs> You, Jenny Bean, uh, Zim, you're all welcome at our place. You can all sleep on one couch or well, you gotta ask mattress. the wife first before you just go making people uh, sleep at their house. Her and Jenny will be sitting oh. up drinking wine. Oh, I'm just saying, you tend to spring up random stuff to your lovely wife and then tell her at the last minute. This is why I drink. <laughs> but. I just I wanted to apologize. I know it was it's all a joking matter, but I like felt really bad because you really like laid it on and made me feel like an asshole, <laughs> Patrick. You really made me feel like a jackass. Well, you were mean to Goobs. I wasn't for, being mean. I was so being mean. reasonable, realistic. I don't know the person. He would bring you all dressed chips in a two four. He'd get you a double double, and perhaps a bunny hug. I mean, I see you're wearing one now, but. Okay, you're not the only one French Canadian this this place. So, okay, let's just end the show. Yeah, I think that's a good place to stop. Uh, His do check out set. Goobs Ripkin and Jenny Bean on the Derailers podcast. They're excellent and they're very fun. Uh, I think that's about it. Uh, so I guess we will see, see you, you next, next Thursday. Thursday.